Vision for El Paso podcast is sponsored by Amerigroup, your partner for a healthier life, and the El Paso Community Foundation for good, for El Paso, forever. Welcome to Vision for El Paso podcast. Hello, this is Mike D, and welcome to Vision for El Paso podcast. Uh, today we have a really fun guest. Christopher B. Montoya is got a whole list of different things and different organizations that you sit on boards with. Um, but we are concentrating on today's um, the Five Points Lions Club. You are the president, and this is Christopher B. Montoya. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. How um, how long have you been involved with the, the Five Points Lions Club? So I've actually been part of the Lions Club for a little bit over five years now. Okay, and how how did you get involved? Um, you know, I ended up um, meeting a couple of the members um, at an event. Um, we were actually doing um, a run at the at Coin Stadium, um, and I was approached to see if I wanted to join the organization um, and learn a little bit more about it. And that's actually how I was able to get involved. I find this interesting because you, I'll go to different places and I'll find you volunteering. I was like, oh, look, there's Chris again behind the table. Oh, there's Chris running that area. And what was it about the Five Points Lions Club that said, I've got to get fully involved? Um, one of the main areas is I really enjoyed um, hearing about the, you know, the five focus areas, uh, um, you know, as far as the global causes. Um, and I think, you know, the other part that uh, really interested me is that, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, hearing about the model, you know, as like when there's a need, there's a lion. Um, and that's actually how kind of what piqued my interest and in, to learn more about it. Um, and, you know, just again, those five focus areas are, are very strategic. And I think there is a really big need, not just here in our local area, but just, you know, around the world, uh, because there has been a lot of things that have impacted, you know, as far as these areas. And I want to make sure that, you know, again, we do a really good job, especially here in El Paso and keeping it local. Um, that was another big factor for me. I'm curious, the five focus areas, what, what are the five focus areas for the Alliance organization? Yeah, so one of them is hunger. So we have hunger, environment, uh, we have vision, uh, diabetes, and childhood cancer. Oh, wow. And a lot of times diabetes and vision go hand in hand. That's very true. And there, and we do see that, um, especially here in the area, that you know those two causes uh, do go hand in hand. So tell me about some of the vision programs that uh, that the Five Point Science Club supports here in El Paso. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, one of the big um, programs that we do have that a lot of people are not aware of is that we do provide uh, free eye exams. Uh, we also do eye surgeries um, and provide new glasses uh, to underprivileged children and adults within the El Paso region. And all of this goes through our uh, West Texas Lions um, Eye Health Foundation. Um, and that's something that we pride ourselves in. Uh, for example, uh, we have every first Tuesday of the month, uh, we provide free vision screening. Um, and this is for um, our spots machines and our uh, cataract machines um, at the Mexican consulate. Um, so we usually have between um, 80 to 100 participants um, that go through the screening. And so say, for example, we identify um, uh, an adult, for example, that does have uh, or does need cata uh, cataract surgery, uh, we have a referral program. So we partner with several uh, doctors within the El Paso region uh, to be able to do those, those free surgeries. Uh, for those individuals. 
Oh, wow. And so let's say if someone needs glasses, is there a program for that also or there is. a referral process? Yeah. So we do also have a referral program. Um, so we try to make sure that we have uh, partnerships throughout um, the different um, independent school districts within the El Paso region. Uh, for example, last month we were at several schools uh, within the El Paso Independent School District. Um, so we ended up uh, doing probably over 500 students. Um, so we used our spot machine to be able to see if there was any type of correction as far as when it came to their vision. Um, and then, of course, if they did need glasses and they can't afford to get glasses, we have a referral program that we can utilize uh, to be able to, you know, have them get free glasses. Tell me about this spots machine. I was like, I pretty well versed in like vision. I've never even heard of a spots machine. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, like there's, you know, like, for example, there's some children um, that have or that need uh, certain uh, corrective. Um, and again, it's hard for a child, you know, to tell you that, you know, what they are, you know, they're looking at something blurry or if the child can't read, for example, you know, they can't tell you that, you know, they can't, they have a stigmatism, for example, like a D looks like a P or a B looks like a D, that type of thing. So our spot machine, what it does, it's um, it pretty much identifies either a certain either disease or some type of corrective action that is required in the eye. Um, so we only do kind of like the preliminary, but then that's the reason why we refer them to an ophthalmologist to be able to look into that further. And this is big because uh, with some conditions, early deten detection will make a huge difference. Uh, and let's say if it's the, the pressure in the eye or something that's given a red flag um, and that the person hasn't noticed, but you've picked it up with this screening, it could be the difference of losing your eyesight or keeping your eyesight. Yeah, that's that's very true. You know, like that's actually one of the ways that I was able to find out that I have a keratoconus. We were testing out the machine um, and they said, hey, have you ever gotten your eyes checked? And I'm like, yeah, I get glasses. I, you know, I go and they're like, well, the pressure on your eye seems a little bit off. You know, you should make an appointment um, and actually went to the appointment and they're like, yeah, they, have you not noticed that your vision has been getting a little bit more tired or, you know, are you in front of the computer a lot? Those types of things. And sure enough, you know, after they did a thorough exam, you know, they're like, you you, you do have this, you know, we have to make sure we monitor it at least once a year um, because you can, you know, your cornea can detach and you can lose, lose your vision. So that's something that I do every year is to make sure that I go out, you know, I do this exam, um, making sure it's not getting worse. There is a lot of reasons uh, why uh, a program like this is important because a lot of times people will not go get their eyes checked annually for different reasons. Like, well, I can see fine. I saw fine last year and I can see fine this year. So I'm not going to get it checked out. And then they follow the same pattern with their kids. Correct. And I think, you know, when you know, one of the big problems is that, you know, you have a lot of, you know, these inexpensive, um, you know, glasses or reading glasses that, you know, adults will go and pick up, you know, without getting their vision checked. And then like, oh, well, I'm fine now, you know, because I'm able to at least see, you know, when I'm reading or when I'm driving, you know, but 
what individuals don't realize is that they're actually making or doing more damage to their eyes because their prescription, you know, the, your right eye can be very different from your left eye, for example. Um, and that's my situation. You know, on one side, I'm farsighted, one side, I'm nearsighted. And I've hour to go and just get these generic um, glasses, you know, from, you know, these dollar stores or whatever the case may be, you know, I can actually be doing more harm than good to, for my vision. Oh, I know. I was like, and I was like, and you're in a, a situation where you have insurance and you're, it's sometimes people will look over. I was like, oh, look, there's that rack. And I think people will call them cheaters sometimes. And you're kind of cheating yourself because you're just like, oh man, I was like five bucks. Oh, those look good. I even seen people where um, they'll ask somebody else like, hey, uh, I noticed you got new glasses. Let me try out the other ones. And then they'll try on somebody else's glasses. Like, oh, I can see a little bit better with these. Can I keep these? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, and that's, uh, you know, and that's actually, it's very true. You know, like one of the other programs, Mike, that we do have um, is we have uh, our Texas Recycling Center. Um, so we actually get glasses that are either broken um, or people are used or that's not their prescription anymore. And we have individuals that will ask me like, hey, when you get the, when you do your collection of these glasses, you know, am I able to go and try them out and see which ones work for me? And I'm <laughs> like, that's not the way this works. Like, you know, we want to make sure that that we are taking care of your vision and you know if cost is is an issue then let us help you you know, let us refer you to somebody that is a specialist in that field and are able to give you the right prescription and uh, to be honest with you we've seen you know where individuals will come and they're embarrassed to ask and like I tell them it's not it shouldn't be an embarrassment to be able to you know we're trying to make sure that we're helping out you know if we're able to save you you know a couple of bucks a hundred bucks whatever the case may be um, and that's more important for you to put a meal on your on the table then that's we understand that there's different priorities and that's okay no and and we completely get it but here's the difference for that hundred dollars somebody could see better exactly and that's and that should be our objective is to make sure that you are able to have you know a good life you know just being able to see better um you know i remember you know even as a kid you know, I've, I've had, I guess, astigmatism for a really long time, you know, but um, again, my parents didn't really make that a priority. They're like, you know, you're just exaggerating or you want glasses and that's what you want. Or, you know, at that time, you know, again, I grew up in the 80s. Contacts were like a really big thing. And I'm like, no, I don't want these colored contacts. I, I really can't see the board. And all my teachers thought I was a really good student because I always sat in the front. You know, and that wasn't the case. It's just I really couldn't see the board. <laughs> You're like, I'd be sitting in the back if it wasn't for this yeah, thing here. Exactly. So, I mean, I was always classified as a good student, but it wasn't because of that. It's just I couldn't really see the board, to be honest with you. No, and I get it because when I was a kid, I could never see in dim lighting. So every single birthday party that we'd go to, it was that backyard situation. Mm -hmm. They had that one yellow light bulb in the back patio, and that was supposed to light up the entire backyard. And someone with average vision could could maneuver in that. And I remember the kids playing tag and running around. And in that lighting, like I couldn't see. Like for me, that was pitch dark. And I remember sitting there going like, man, these kids are good. <laughs> and, but uh, because I never had that vision. But a lot of times it takes parents really paying attention. Like, why why isn't my kid doing anything at night? Why is my kid uh, great uh, when they practice uh, t-ball during the day, but the game is at night and all of a sudden they're 
they're not able to play well. Uh, there's little clues that you'll find out. I was like, but as a parent, like you, you really have to be on the ball checking these things. So going through one of these screenings that the Lions Club provides is so crucial for so many reasons. Yeah, Mike. And that, and again, you bring up very good points, you know, and the one thing that, you know, I want individuals to realize is that, you know, the Lions Club does a lot more, you know, than just, you know, screening, you know, we have, you know, different programs, for example, you know, we have our Texas iBank, you know, where if people wanted to become a donor um, and be able to help somebody that does have, you know, an eye disease that needs to be, you know, rectified. You know, we had a very uh, good testimonial from somebody, from an individual out in the community. And she's very involved in nonprofits. You know, she's out everywhere. And a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, she was actually one of the candidates um, and received uh, two cornea transplants uh, when she was in high school. Um, And if it wasn't because of that surgery, right now, she wouldn't not be able to see um and you know a lot of people will say oh you know what she has beautiful eyes and it's so weird because one color is different from the other and what the you know individuals don't realize is that she does have two different uh cornea transplants from two different um uh, donors you know so that's another program you know that if we didn't have you know there could be you know some individuals that would not be able to benefit from seeing you know, so again, another really good benefit. Um, the other one that I wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, was um, our Leader Dog. So Leader Dog for the Blind um, is another program. So for those individuals that are visually impaired, um, you know, they're able to get a free seeing eye dog, um, you know, and that's another program, you know, that can definitely benefit a lot of individuals in the community, you know, that maybe need that additional assistance by having a service dog, you know, in case they need to go out in the community. So that's another great program that a lot of individuals are not aware of. And service dogs are very expensive because they're they're trained and groomed from tiny, tiny pups uh, because literally the person that they're guiding is taking their life into this uh, this animal's hands because they're they're just uh, you have to trust. You have to walk with no fear, knowing that uh, that this dog is going to guide you and protect you. Exactly. And, and, you know, the, the thing that we try to do is like, say, for example, the El Paso Five Points Lions Club, we um, donated um, funds to be able to sponsor uh, two of those puppies, you know, which will eventually be service dogs. Um, and, you know, that's something that we try to make sure that we do as an organization, as a club, um, to make sure that we continue to provide those donations to Leader Dog, um, so that way it can provide you know additional resources. Um, and you're absolutely correct; those dogs are extremely expensive. Um, you know, but the good news is that you know we're in El Paso. We've had several um, you know people that have received a service dog, but the applications to actually have those service dogs have decreased tremendously. And that's one of the reasons why I plead to the public: if you know anybody you know that does have that visual impairment you know please go on to the website you know go on to leader dog you know put it on google whatever the case may be you know just to make sure that you do that research um and to apply you know and there's other individuals that will say you know what i don't even have a chance or there's somebody else that needs it more than i do you know but again it's it's gonna make their lives a lot easier um you know because that's exactly what they're trained for so we encourage the public to go out there to do those applications um because in el paso to be honest with you we've seen a huge decrease in those applications and i know that there is a need for it within our community 
the tough thing, one of the many tough things that COVID did uh, to the, I guess, visually impaired community is a lot of a lot of families they they tend to overprotect individuals with disabilities, uh, and then when COVID came around, uh, that got multiplied. And uh, I, a lot of people don't realize uh, if you're visually impaired and then they told you a couple of years ago, stay six feet away from everybody. Well, picture closing your eyes and staying six feet away from everybody. So uh, what I found is that a lot of people in the visually impaired community haven't returned into going out as frequently as they would normally go out. A great example of this is, and I've been researching numbers and from what I found, there should be in El Paso and its surrounding areas about uh, 22,000 people with visual impairments. Oh, wow. Like, I had no idea about that. You know, those statistics, um, I know that, you know, again, and I can't even imagine, you know, not being able to, and especially during COVID, um, you know, just trying to stay away from certain individuals. So I can see how that did, you know, why you wouldn't want to go out. And I completely understand that now. And again, that's something that I had never even thought of. And and I'll ask people, I was like, when, when's the last time? See, I was, and to be in that statistic, you don't necessarily have to have uh, a, a guide dog or the white cane, but a large percentage of those people would normally need at least the white cane to travel. And I'll ask a lot of people, when's the last time you were at the mall or at a restaurant or on the street and you saw someone with a white cane? And a lot of people will tell me, oh, Three years ago, I saw this individual. And I'm like, and and that's what kind of blows my mind. I'm like, how can we have this large population of people with visual impairments in our area, and we never see them? It's because they don't go out. Yeah, or, I mean, or the other thing too. You know, I know several individuals that you know refuse to use the white cane. You know, for that, uh, for the reason of them. You know, they feel like, you know, they're being discriminated against sometimes or, you know, sometimes they feel embarrassed to use it. You know, so that's, a, again, another area that I've seen, you know, that they don't want to utilize, you know, that white cane. You know, and that's another thing that, you know, part of the Lions Club we're trying to do is you know, how do we create it, you know, where it's a it's a tool that they're able to utilize, you know, and they don't feel or they where they learn how to use it properly. Um, and that's another one of our focus is that, you know, again, we don't want for individuals to be embarrassed to utilize it um, or, you know, for them to feel like, you know what, this is a, a crutch, uh, you know, because again, it's a tool um, and it should be utilized. And again, I think it's having that proper training of why it's needed. Um, I think that makes a, another big difference that we're trying to overcome, you know, and there's other individuals that say, you know what, I don't want to have to purchase a white cane because again, it's, you know, it, they have different priorities, you know, they want to be able to, you know, again, put a, a meal on the table versus them having to purchase something, you know, and again, it's, I think for me, it, it's something that we need to do a better job in our community of how to educate and again trying to find resources to be able to assist you know these individuals and again i don't know this is just my personal you know thought but no but it it makes a lot of sense and there's so much psychology behind using the white cane because I didn't lose uh, most of my eyesight until I was in high school and I needed a white cane, but I didn't use a white cane because using the white cane was admitting that I had a visual impairment and I ran into to poles. I stepped off curbs. I, like, I seriously injured myself several times uh, and I had to decide. I was like, look, I was like, you can stay home and not bump into these things or you can learn how to use a cane and, and stay mobile. 
Uh, but it took a lot. I'll admit. I was like, because for a lot of people, that's the situation. You, if you use the white cane, you're admitting to uh, being visually impaired. But if you're visually impaired, the only difference that that white cane makes is independence. Yeah, definitely. And that's should, that's how it should be looked. Again, it's a it's a really good insight. You know, um, you know, coming from somebody that again does or is able to utilize that white cane. You know, and again, those are types of resources that I want for individuals to know that, hey, you know what, if you do need, you know, that type of tool or you do want to be able to have your eyes checked, you know, from an ophthalmologist that is able to provide you those guidance, that there are resources out there, you know, because I think that's uh, something that we need to do a better job is to inform our community of those programs, Um, you know, because a lot of you know, when you think of Lions Clubs, you know, not everybody automatically talks about, you know, vision. Um, you know, they see us out in the community. And like you mentioned, you know, I volunteer in a lot of different aspects, you know, out in the community. But sometimes individuals don't realize what Lions Clubs do. No, and I I learned a lot there because I'd heard of the, the guide dog program um, and I'd heard about uh, the testing that goes goes on and uh, but now I'm learning so much more. Uh, so we're going to make sure that we have a link on the bottom. Uh, so that way, if you want to learn more about these programs, if uh, you're you think, you know, how can I get involved? How can I donate? Uh, we can make sure to, to get all that information over because there is so much more than I realized, Chris. Is there something that I'm missing on the vision side that we haven't even discussed yet? No, I think, I mean, I was able to cover, you know, the the major um, components, um, but I want for also individuals to know that, you know, again, if, if there is a need out there, you know, please contact us. You know, if you want us to be at a health fair or you want us to go to, you know, a community center or these types of, you know, programs, you know, please invite us, you know, we do this uh, for free of cost um, to the community. There is absolutely no cost. Um, we own those machines. Um, so that's something we want to continue to use is to utilize them out in the community. Um, just because again, we we've invested uh, money into those machines and we want to make sure that we're having the biggest impact, you know, not just to children, but to as to adults as well. No, as like an education is key in all of this, where uh, a lot of people are being taught that it was like, even though I can see you fine, doesn't mean you shouldn't go every year to get that checked out. And if you can't afford it, like I said, you have uh, different options where people can go by and get screened. You know, unfortunately, a lot of it is is cost and some some of it is just not having that information. For example, you had uh, touched upon the donation of people's uh glasses that they're no longer using because a lot of people will have those in the drawer. He's like, Oh, in case I lose my glasses or break my glasses. And exactly. You, you have a collection of 10 pairs of glasses from the last 10 years. <laughs> that's very true. And um, that's another thing that I want to make sure if, you know, create a box, you know, at your place of business, at your school, um, we have collection boxes as well, you know, that are branded um, that you're able to, um, you know, ask us um, again, those are free of charge. Um, it has a, you know, real, just some information as far as, you know, what, you know, where the collection is for, you know, and the, the, the nice part about it is that, you know, you are making an impact 
collect, you know, so we have that those collections um, and then we sort them, you know, so that's part of the Lions Club, something that we utilize, you know, like you mentioned, there's a lot of individuals that will either throw those glasses away in the trash. Um, and even if they're broken, we want your used glasses. Um, it doesn't matter in what condition they are. Um, those plastics or the metal on the framing, um, even though they're broken, they do get melted down. Um, they get recycled and you're able to provide um, those glasses to other individuals that need them. You know, unfortunately, we can't donate them um, here in the States, um, but, you know, we do utilize those glasses to go out elsewhere you know for example mexico is one of those areas so we use them in third world countries um that do need to you know that don't have those types of programs that we can utilize it and we do mission trips uh, to be able to provide these glasses and again some people think well you know these glasses didn't really cost me so much so i don't want to donate them you know what donate them i don't care in what condition they are we will utilize them one way one way or another and so these frames, for example, would the, uh, let's say they were perfectly good frames, would they remove the lenses and then uh, put in the proper prescription for someone that went through this program? Exactly. Or the other thing that we can do. So say, for example, if those lenses actually, um, you know, we try to make sure that we classify them. Um, and if we are able to reuse them, um, then they get refurbished. Um, and then we, you know, have the the right prescription on those. Or like you mentioned, you know, those lenses get popped out um, and we are able to re uh, purpose those frames uh, for another pair of lenses. So you're absolutely correct, Mike. And now I'm really curious. And but we're not allowed to do that in the states because of there's actually laws that prohibit, you know, from us giving um, used glasses. Um, but again, like, you know, what I tell individuals, I understand, you know, that, you know, they're like, why can't we help out? You know, and again, we have to make sure that we're following the laws uh, within the United States. Um, but know that, you know, we again, we do have those other programs that if you do or you know of an individual that does need glasses or does need surgery, that you're still able to refer them to us and we'll send them to the appropriate um, ophthalmologist to get to get those services done for free. Yeah, no. And this makes perfect sense because literally every pair of glasses can can be somebody that can see better. And, uh, and it's a big difference. This is the difference between being able to keep that job, being able to get to that job, uh, and shoot, being able to see your family, being able to see your friends. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm a little choked up, Chris, uh, but no, this is great. Uh, make sure that, uh, that you look, look for those glasses, make sure that you find those people, um, that need that, that help. And I really, uh, just give it to to you and everybody that's uh, that's in your organization, Chris. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so much, Mike. And again, that's you know something that we enjoy doing. Um, and you know, again, if there's any need um, out there, you know, please contact us, um, and we'll be more than happy um, to have that conversation or refer you to the right uh, place um, if there's something that we can't do. But for the majority of the times, we are able to help out. So again, thank you so much for having me um, and having me that giving me that opportunity to be able to talk to you know the public about some of those services that we do provide. Um, and again, I, I appreciate, you know, your partnership um, and everything that you do as well. 
And in closing, uh, let me have some websites and uh, contact information so we can, uh, we'll have the links on the bottom here. Um, but if you're audibly listening and, and want to enter this into your device, here's the information. Yes, yeah, so there's a couple of uh, different sites um, that you can go to. Um, so again, we do have the El Paso Five Points Lions Club that does provide um, our services. So if you type in um, opasso5points.org, um, it will provide you a link of the different um, resources that we have out there. Um, so again, Leader Dog uh, for the Blind is another um, another organization uh, that does help out, you know, again, for taking those applications for those service dogs. Uh, we, you know, you can also Google our, the text, the West Texas Lions Eye Health Foundation. Um, and you're able to see as far as the eye exams, the eye surgeries and the new glasses um, that we provide for, um, for children and adults. Um, and then of course, you know, one of the other ones that I want you to look into is the West Texas Eye Bank. Um, you know, consider being a donor, um, you know, that will definitely go to help out other individuals in that case that, you know, somebody, you know, does pass away, we're still able to reuse those corneas uh, to be able to help somebody else that uh, is struggling um, and we give them their, uh, their vision back. Um, so those are a couple of different programs out there. Christopher B. Montoya, Five Points uh, Lions Club. Thanks again. Thank you so much. This episode of Vision for El Paso was brought to you by Amerigroup and the El Paso Community Foundation. For more information on our sponsors, please visit our show notes.